The story of the ten lepers is short, seemingly straightforward. Jesus comes across a village of ten lepers, and he tells them to go and present themselves to the priests. They obey, and on the way, they are healed. One comes back to give thanks. It's easy to read the story and think, okay, it's a lesson on being polite. You're given something nice. You say thanks. I'm not so sure that that's the lesson here. I've, I've said before, if you're looking for someone with good manners and proper etiquette, Jesus just really isn't your guy. So this week, this story got me thinking about prayer. People sometimes ask me how I pray. Uh, which is, of course, a good and totally legit question for someone in work like mine. But it's also, to be honest, a, a really personal question, you know? I mean, we have corporate prayer here together, and while everyone is, every one of you is having your own experience with God, we're, we're sharing something of this uh, when we're doing it all at once. But individual prayer is this exchange between you and God, and it's intimate, it's personal, changing in the way that your relationships are always changing, because you are always changing. So I wanted to talk about that kind of prayer, as personal as it is. I came into the Episcopal Church after having taken Christianity seriously for many years by that time. So I had quiet time and Bible study and prayer alone. I was at church every time the door opened. But I never felt like my prayers measured up. In my evangelical circles, everyone else around me had these long, flowing, spontaneous prayers to Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, I just praise, I just thank, I just amen, amen, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And I couldn't do it. When I came to the Episcopal Church, uh, by that time I didn't know what I believed anymore and felt like I couldn't pray. My prayers had devolved to mostly just outbursts of grief and anger. But the prayers we said in a church like this were set in front of me. So even an angst-ridden and sometimes belligerent soul could repeat them. At the time, I likened it to someone teaching you how to write, a, a, a figure who took your hand and helped you form the letters, showing you how it feels until you could do it yourself. Something I didn't really put together at the time was how, like, poetry these prayers were that we said, that in the course of our tradition, someone out there at some point had experienced the thing you were feeling and had already put words around it. And if they were the right words, like a good poem, it lasted because a lot of people recognized that it was beautiful and true. Now, after all these years of Praying the words from this book, they're soaked in me. My hands make the letters effortlessly. 
I can say morning prayer by heart on a bike ride, which is a fine place to say it if you're ever so inclined. But looking back now, I also think I was cutting myself short in saying I didn't know how to pray. There was a form of prayer in those times that wasn't developed for me. It wasn't beautiful or moving, um, but it was true. And I think it was true because I still feel it sometimes. Because there are always times in your life of faith when the words don't come readily, when maybe faith is hard to come by. Those times when your mind just doesn't seem up to the task of saying anything to God about the raw panic or thrill or despair currently residing in your chest. And for me, that's when that old form of prayer starts bubbling up. The ten lepers in today's story all seem to know that prayer, that starting point for it. Have mercy on us, they cry as Jesus approaches. It's hard to overstate how badly these people suffered. I mean, what was worse, the agony of the disease or the total isolation from community that the disease brought? Have mercy, they cried, from the depths of desperation. That was the starting point of prayer for me. Not leprosy, but a place of suffering. It's a monosyllabic prayer. Help, 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 have mercy. You walk into a room and you know you're not up to what you're about to face there. Help. You walk out knowing just how not up to it you were. Mercy. Mercy. The poet Mary Carr says, People usually, always, come to church as they do to prayer and poetry, through suffering and terror, need and fear. In some Edenic past, our ancestors began to evolve hardwiring Uh, began to evolve hardwiring that actually requires us, so I believe, to make a noise beautiful enough to lay on the altar of the creator slash rain god slash fertility queen. With both prayer and poetry, we use elegance to exalt, but we also beg and grieve and tremble. We suffer with prayer and poetry alike. Boy, do we suffer. The faithless contenders for prayer's relief who sometimes ask me for help praying, still a comic notion, she says, often say it seems hypocritical to turn to God only now during whatever crisis is forcing them toward it. Kid with leukemia, say. Husband lost in the World Trade Center. But no one I know has ever turned to God any other way, she says. Mary Carr came to prayer by trying to get sober. Nothing had worked until her spiritual counselor, an ex-heroin addict, told her to pray for 30 days, get down on your knees twice a day, ask for help to not drink in the morning, and say thanks at night. It's that last bit I wonder about. Ten lepers were healed, 
One came back and gave thanks. It made me stop and wonder how many of these prayers of mine, these urgent needs and frantic petitions scattered throughout the day, have a bookend. For every prayer for mercy, for help, what's the proportion for the prayers of thanks? One in ten, maybe? That sounds true to me. Ten lepers came to Jesus needing help, mercy. One came back and gave thanks. Jesus says to this one, go. Your faith has made you well. All of the lepers were healed. One was made well. There's a difference between being cured and being made whole. A difference between a person who is healed of a disease and the person who now sees all around them as the boundless gift of God. Jesus is saying we're made whole through that door of giving thanks, it seems. I don't know if you come to church in the way that Mary Carr did through suffering, though I know if you stay here long enough, it will be what you bring with you. It's a good place to come with it. We ask a lot of things of God here every week for help, mercy, guidance, healing. We ask for peace from our neighbors. But there's always a point where we turn all of us together. We lift up our hearts at the Eucharist. And I don't know if you know this, but it's a word that just means thanks. Thanks.